Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach BFF Show. I'm your host, Heather Petty, and today I'm beyond excited to introduce you to a truly inspiring and insightful guest, Deborah Falada. Deborah is a licensed professional counselor and a sought-after national speaker specializing in relationship and marital issues, as well as mental and emotional health with a passion for helping individuals and couples build healthy relationships. She is the author of six books and the host of the Love Plus Relationships podcast. In today's episode, friend, we'll have the privilege of diving into Deborah's wealth of knowledge and experience. She will share valuable insights on how to go deeper, break patterns, and find true healing and transformation in our relationships and personal lives. I am so excited to share this episode with you here today. Let's get ready to be inspired and empowered as Deborah equips us to live a life filled with healthy connections and genuine well-being. Here we go. Life Coach BFF Show with me, your friend Heather, because we all need a BFF to take this journey called life with. This is a podcast for midlife women who want to remain sane and find joy while parenting teens. We're living with purpose and determination to get all the goody out of life because I believe God made the goody for his people, you and me. So hop aboard this train of intention, come and sit on my porch and rest or pop in your earbuds and let's take a walk together. I'm just so grateful you're here. Deborah, I'm so happy to have you here. I can't even tell you how excited I am about this conversation about your new book, Reset. Well, it's good to be here with you. Thank you. And you have a house full of children. Tell us about your family. Yes, I have a 12-year-old girl, and then she's followed by three boys who are 10, 7, and 2. And my husband and I have been married for 16 years, so we're kind of tag teaming this career slash homeschooling life. So the kids are schooled by us. We're the teachers and the moms and the dads and the nurses and the counselors and everything in between. (laughs) But it's a, it's a full season, but a very rich season. Well, at least you already know who will be homecoming queen. Exactly. There's no class favorite. Yeah. Class favorite. You know, you're, you're going to be principal next year. So you don't have to worry about that. A lot of consistency. (laughs) Yes. Job, job security for sure. So let's talk about your new book reset. And you have written six books on topics ranging from marriage to self-help, which we are interested in all of the above. What was your thought process behind writing Reset? What was going on in your life at that time? Yeah, well, I will say this. If I had to kind of choose a theme for all the books that I write, if I had to pick one umbrella, it would be this. Healthy people make healthy relationships. And oftentimes we want our relationships to be healthy, but we haven't really taken inventory of our own personal health and what we're contributing to the equation of a relationship, not being as healthy as we want it to be. And so that's kind of the theme that would be tying all the books together, whether they're about marriage or dating or sex or, or mental and emotional health. And specifically for reset, 
you know, we just went through a lot in our country over the past few years. Um, 2020 was kind of like this traumatic experience for so many people and change and grief and loss and lack of control and not knowing what was coming up around the corner. And, you know, the, the thing about it is when you go through something really traumatic and hard, you don't really get a chance to process it during the traumatic experience. It's kind of like mm -hmm. when a soldier goes off to war and they're in the middle of a battlefield and they're just trying to survive. Like it's not the time to process the trauma and to learn from it and to, you know, to, to dig deep. It's the time to survive. And so I think in, in for our country, 2020 was, was that, and we were kind of in that survival season of 2020, 2021, even 2022. And all of a sudden, I started to notice that people were complaining about things that they'd never experienced before. It's like things were starting to come up to the surface of their life that they didn't struggle with before. Addictions, relationship problems, depression, anxiety, anger, rage, maybe things from the past that they struggled with that are, that were now coming back resurfacing. And I really believe it's because for all those years we were kind of surviving. And now that life is starting to become a little bit more safe and secure, all these things are coming up to the surface, all the pressure that was underneath the surface, kind of like a volcano, all the pressure just builds and builds and builds and builds until it has to find a release. And usually it's the point of least resistance. The weakest point in our life is where that pressure comes up to the surface. And so I've been noticing people struggling with things that they never thought they would struggle with in ways that they never imagined they would struggle in their marriages and their personal life and wanting to heal and not knowing where to go. And so Reset was birthed out of that theme of, of just wanting to help people heal. And, and to be honest with you, when there's something in our life that we want to heal or change, oftentimes we resort to these external tweaks, like changing a little bit here, a little bit there, but, but really long lasting change has to start from the inside out. And so reset is a book of 31 practices to help you heal and change and transform from the inside out. Um, and it was kind of birthed out of the things I was seeing through the, the work that I do as a counselor. Mm -hmm. In chapter one, you told a great story about a car that you had in college. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, yeah. That's actually the 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 start of the book is um the it's kind of the introduction. It's called Start Here. And it and it's really the the point of that section is to really get you motivated about healing and, and to kind of show you that oftentimes we start at the wrong spot. So I had this car in college that was kind of a lemon and it was constantly breaking down on me. All these weird mechanical things would happen. Like the windows would just roll down suddenly or the alarm would start to go off while I was driving for no reason. Oh no. <laughs> or the windshield wipers would just start to, to go, even though it wasn't raining. Like it was just so frustrating to have this car that was constantly doing crazy things. And, you know, all of those things were solvable. Like I could have removed the windshield wipers. I could have duct taped those windows shut. I could have muffled the alarm, but that wouldn't have actually fixed the problem underneath the surface. 
there was something going on that I needed to address. And when I finally took it into the mechanic and he was like, whoa, there's some crazy wires crossed under here that we need to deal with. And, you know, I think the same thing goes with our life in the sense that oftentimes we have something we want to change or heal from. Maybe we're struggling with anger and rage and we we act in an inappropriate way when we're angry. Maybe we're struggling with our eating and we're defaulting to all these unhealthy foods and we're gaining weight and we don't know how to break the cycle. So what we do is we try to tweak things superficially. We clean out the pantry or we get a gym membership, right? Or we download that latest app. And then a few weeks or months into the process, we find ourselves defaulting back to the same old patterns. But a big part of that is because we started in the wrong place. We started superficially rather than going underneath the hood to figure out what is actually going on underneath the surface that's causing me to do what I do. What are the beliefs that are fueling the emotions that are causing stress and causing me to run to food rather than to run to healthy things? Like what is it going on underneath the surface that's motivating me? And I really believe that this is biblical. Proverbs 20 verse five says that the purposes of a person's heart are like deep waters, but a person of insight draws them out. If you're like a person of deep waters, all of the the purposes of your heart, the reason why you do what you do, your motivations are like deep waters. And in order to figure it out, you've got to draw out the waters. You have to have insight and awareness. Insight is essentially having a vision of what's going on inside of you. And not just what's going on around you, but what's going on inside of you. And I think that's a really important part to the equation of change and healing and growth. And it's unfortunately not where we often begin. And then people just get stuck in these unhealthy cycles that they think this is my default. But I really believe that if we start doing things differently, we can actually reset and start to do things in a better way. Right. What is it? Small changes, small actions lead to big results. And it, I think it's just even even taking those small steps. But what if you are struggling and you're and you don't know how to ask for help or you're afraid to ask for help to make yeah. these changes? What what do you suggest? Well, first of all, um, I think oftentimes we struggle because we judge ourselves. And we feel like it's wrong to struggle and we shouldn't tell anybody that we're struggling. And so we kind of end up struggling alone instead of struggling in community and realizing that we're all on this journey together and people are willing to help. In fact, oftentimes when you open up about your struggles, it frees people to open up about theirs. God made us for community. Life is not a one player game. And a big part of this is learning to be honest and authentic with where we are and how we're doing and begin to invite people into our journey of healing. Uh, but but it starts with us being honest first and foremost with ourselves and what we're struggling with. You know, I think sometimes we we get so accustomed to the filter of social media. Like we we want to present these picture perfect little lives. And so there's no room to share our struggles and our weaknesses and our fears and, you know, our our addictions and our problems because we feel like we can't. But I found as a counselor, but also in my personal life, when you begin to open up and share about how you're really doing, 
you free other people to do the same and you find that you're all on this journey together and, you know, encouraging, helping each other, relying on each other. And, and I think that's the beauty of community and, and of healing as a community. I think that's what the body of Christ is meant to do. Yes, I agree. And in fact, I had another mom at a PTF meeting the other day. She commented to me and she said, oh, you and your husband are so perfect. Y'all been married forever. And I said, wait, do we have you fooled? Mm. We, we are just like you. We're just like everybody else. We all struggle in areas at different times. Yeah. And you could tell that she was so relieved to hear that. Yeah, we're all on a journey in fact, if you're out there and you, you, if I meet you and you say to me, I don't really know what area I need to change or grow in or heal, I would be more worried about you than I would be about the person who says, I've got a list of things I need to change and heal because life is a journey of growth and healing and transformation. And when we stop doing that, that's when we stop living. That's when we start going backwards. And so this is something that none of us are immune whether you're a Christian, whether you're 60, 70, 80 years old, whether you've been married for decades, none of us are immune. And, and we've all got this journey of healing and growth and sanctification. Mm -hmm. And that's how we learn, too, is through the struggle. I think we come out stronger in the end, especially when we share our our struggles. Like you said, we're not meant to carry this load alone. So towards the end of the book, Deborah, you write the phrase, time heals all wounds is one of my least favorite phrases. Why do you not like that phrase? Does time not heal all wounds? I don't think it does. And, and here's why. It's not about the passing of time. You know, sometimes we have this wound Think about a physical wound. If you if you get this cut and you don't tend to it and you just kind of leave it alone and say, time will heal all wounds. Well, you know what? That little cut might get infected and it might actually get worse with time if you don't tend to it. And it's not time that heals all wounds. It's what we do with that time. It's that partnership with Jesus and, and how we navigate those wounds and those hurts in our life. And I really believe that's the key is learning to navigate those wounds in a healthy way. And, and so much of it isn't just about the passing of time. It's, it's really what we do with that time. Yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree with you. And most people run away from their triggers. They try and get as far away from the thing that is making them feel uncomfortable. But in Reset, you talk about the importance of facing your triggers. Why do you think it's important for us to face our fears? And do you have some tips for us on how we can recognize our triggers and heal the wounds instead of running away from them? Yeah, you know, what is a trigger? First of all, a trigger is something that causes an exaggerated emotional response. We hear that word a lot. Like we're triggered by everything these days. We're triggered by social media. We're triggered by sermons. We're triggered by politics and presidents and people. And, and we have these exaggerated emotional responses. And later on, we're like, why did I react so intensely? Or maybe your husband says something and it really triggers you. Well, Oftentimes we are quick to blame the person or thing or situation that triggered us rather than realizing that a trigger is actually a signal. 
it's a sign that there's more healing to be received in a certain area of my life. It's a pain point that somebody just pressed up against that's causing me to react. Another word that I use for triggers are emotional sore spots. And when you think about it, have you ever had a black and blue? You know, when you when you hit something or or you you get hurt. I was leaving the house the other day with the, my four kids in tow, and I wasn't paying attention, and I slammed my shoulder on the coat rack on my way out the door, and it left a black and blue mark. And later that day, my husband came to put his arm around me, and he got kind of close to the sore spot, and I reacted. It it hurt. He didn't cause the sore spot, but he pushed on it. You know, and oftentimes. Yeah. The people in our lives are pushing on certain hurts that they didn't cause, but they're pressing up against them. Maybe hurts from our past, traumatic experiences we've been through, hard things, grief, insecurities. And oftentimes we want to avoid the thing that triggered us rather than see the trigger as God's way of spotlighting something in my life that he wants to heal on a deeper level. And so I think triggers can actually be really revealing of what needs to be healed in our life. And instead of just avoiding everything that triggers us and making our world smaller and smaller, we can begin to lean in and learn. What is what is this trigger saying? What, what can I learn from this reaction? What is going on underneath the surface of my life? What is the pain point here? And one thing I always tell my clients is if you want to preserve pain, bury it. Pretend it doesn't exist cover it up, ignore it, and it will last because anything that you bury will last a long time. But if you want to heal, you start to bring up that pain and bring it to the surface and start to deal with it. And so even as we're talking about, you know, how do you reset? Oftentimes it's beginning to bring up these layers one at a time and facing them and realizing that oftentimes it's the things from the past that are influencing the things that we do in the present. And if we want to heal things in the present, many times the Lord is leading us to go back and heal from some of those things so that they no longer have power over our present life. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it when when they lose their power and when we share with other people, problems tend to lose their power as well. So absolutely. Yeah. You talk in the book about how hitting the pause button, which I love a pause button. Pause is important sometimes in life because we get so busy, but when you hit the pause button and cancel out all the noise, you give your body the chance to recalibrate and reset. Why must we take time to stop in order to start healing? I think it throws people off that, you know, we talk about the introduction of the book where I say, start here and I get you all pumped up and I, we're ready to change and heal and grow. And then you turn to chapter one. And chapter one is all about the pause. It's like, we're ready, ready, set, go. I'm ready to go. And I say, no, ready, set, pause. Because I do believe that pause is the prerequisite for change. We don't just decide we want to change and hit the ground running. You don't just decide you want to run a marathon and the next day you run a marathon. You've got to pause and prepare and figure out exactly what it is that you need to do, what it is you need to change, what it is you need to heal from, where it is you need to train. And I think oftentimes we don't take the time to just pause and reflect. You know, if if change requires having insight, 
you can't have insight if you never make the time to stop and tune in. We're, we're, we're such a go, 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 go culture. And there's so many noises that we're inundated by every single day, external noises. I mean, podcasts and radio and conversations and screens. And there's just so much stimulation that we never take the time to tune out in order to tune into what's going on inside of us and what God is revealing to us. And, and if we don't take that time, we can't actually begin to heal because healing requires tuning in to what's going on inside of us. And so learning how to pause even for 10 minutes a day is such a powerful practice. One of the things that I think is really unique about this book is that it's not just a book of 31 practices. Yes, it's 31 practices to help you change and heal from the inside out, but it's not just that because you could read the practices from cover to cover and still not change if you don't begin applying them to your life. And so at the end of every practice, I have an activity or a homework assignment that requires you to take what you've learned and actually begin to apply it. And one of the practices is to take 10 minutes to find a comfortable chair, to get by yourself, to turn off your phone, to turn off the TV, to make sure it's quiet outside and externally and tune in for 10 minutes. And it sounds so easy. Okay, 10 minutes. But if you actually sit down and set a timer for 10 minutes, you realize I don't really do this very often. Yeah. And your mind starts to race and you start to feel distracted. If it's not the external noise, all of a sudden it's the internal noise. Well, what do I need to do? And man, the dishes are piling up. And what are we having for dinner? And what if the kids, you know, it's like this constant dialogue that we have to learn to tune out, to be still so that we can tune into what God is saying and revealing. And even that in and of itself is a, is a necessary step of change that I don't think many of us are used to in the culture that we live in today. But I promise you, it's one of the practices that will transform your life. Mm -hmm. Where are you, Deborah, when you hear God speak to you? Where, where are you when you're at peace, when it's quiet? Because you have four children, I have four children. And a lot of our listeners have teenagers. Life is noisy. So mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm curious, where are you when, when this happens? Well, you know, I think part of it is just the discipline of learning how to tune things out. And I have learned as a mom, the importance of being able to tell my kids that I need to take some time to myself. I need to take a few minutes to myself. Mommy's going to go upstairs for a few minutes. I need to have some time with the Lord in the morning or mommy's on the deck. My favorite place is to be outside in nature on nice days and just have my Bible and some worship music. And sure, the kids can come in sometimes and listen to what I'm doing, but they also know that that's my time with the Lord. And that's important. And not just because mommy's selfish or mommy just needs a break, but because I genuinely need this to be a healthy person, to be a good mom. I need to connect with the Lord and what he's telling me. And I need to reset my attitude, my perspective, my heart in order to be a better mom. And I, I think it's good to model that to our children. Now, as a mom with four kids, it's not always picture perfect. You know, there, there are kids, there are needs, there are things that interrupt. But I, I do think there's a discipline there in, in being still and, and mm -hmm. tuning out what's going on around you in order to tune into what's going on inside of you. And I think the more we practice it, the better we get at it. Another beautiful opportunity is when you're by yourself in the car, you know, running an errand, 
it's easy to turn on music or to make a phone call or to want to catch up with people that I haven't caught up with in a while, but using that time, the time that you're in the shower, using that time in an intentional way Mm -hmm. of connecting with the Lord and being still like there's pockets of time throughout our day, even when we're washing dishes or whatever it is. But I think the discipline of tuning out the noise and tuning into what God is speaking is such a crucial part to being a healthy person, whether or not you're surrounded by people, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And it's not just a caveat uh, unless you have four kids, you know, it, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's for all of us. It's something that we need as an essential part of our life. Right. And I, I've noticed for myself and a lot of moms have said as well, the bathtub, you know, you, you turn the bathwater on quiet, you're able to connect and reset. Like you say, before we go, I think this is really important, Deborah, is owning your own junk. I love that phrase that you use. Do you mind telling us what you mean by that? Because I think it's so important. Well, I'm glad you're not offended by the way that I write because sometimes it's a little candid, you know, I think, (laughs) I think oftentimes we are wired to want to point out everybody else's junk. You know, scripture says that first remove the plank out of your own eye so that you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It doesn't say don't ever remove the speck from your brother's eye, but it does say first deal with your plank. And I think we want to go and remove everybody else's speck without really saying, what's my role here? What am I bringing to the table in this relationship and in this interaction? What is my role? Where do I need to heal and change and grow and transform? Maybe it isn't just my husband. Maybe it's something that I need to do differently. My tone, my attitude, my, my responses, my reactions. What is it that I need to change? And I think that's a beautiful thing because when we have a role in a situation, we have control. If I had no role, Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I lose control. There's nothing I can do to make this any better. So having a role and owning your junk and being able to take responsibility for the things that you need to heal and change is such a beautiful part of the healing process, whether it's a healing a relationship or healing something specific in your life to be able to look at it and say, okay, here's what I need to do. Here is my role. And, and I think the Lord longs to heal us, but he wants us to partner with him. On the healing journey, when Jesus saw the paralyzed man at the pool of Bethesda, he said to him, do you want to be healed? I mean, isn't it obvious? Like, well, yeah, I do. I'm I'm paralyzed. But there was a question that needed to be answered because sometimes we say we think we want to be healed, but we actually prefer comfort over healing or familiarity over healing or not having to do the work over healing. So, so healing is this process of taking ownership, partnering with God and saying, you know what, there is something I need to change and heal. And I am willing and ready to do the work. And it starts with me, not everybody else around me, whether that's my kids are driving me crazy. My husband's driving me crazy. I have relationship issues. I've got this, I've got that. It starts with my role. And I think that's a really powerful place to begin. I do too. And it reminds me of a song that we used to sing in elementary school. I wish I knew the title, but I still remember all of us standing in a semicircle 
singing, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Do you remember Mm -hmm. that song? I don't, but I think that's a beautiful perspective. How can our listeners connect with you, Deborah? I know they'll want to continue this conversation and purchase your wonderful new book. Congratulations on your new book, by the way. But how can we stay connected with you? Yeah, well, you can find me at DebraFileta.com. F-I-L-E-T-A is my last name. Uh, True Love Dates is also my relationship advice blog and my podcast. You'll find all the information at either of those two websites. I've been hanging out a lot on Instagram lately. So you can also find me there or Facebook and you can buy a copy of Reset anywhere books are sold. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Deborah. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode. There you'll find more information about Deborah Falada, her books, the Love Plus Relationships podcast, and her truelovedates.com blog. Plus, you'll discover ways to connect with her and stay updated on her valuable content. If you enjoyed this episode and want to be part of our growing community, be sure to tap the plus sign in the top right corner of your screen to follow this podcast. That way you won't miss any future episodes filled with empowering conversations and expert insights to help you navigate life with confidence and joy. Before we say goodbye, I want to remind you of this. You are deeply loved by the King of Kings and the maker of all people and things. Embrace that love and let it empower you to shine your light brightly in the world. I love you and I'm here rooting for your success and well-being. Now go out there and make a positive impact in your life and the lives of others. Until next time, keep spreading love, seeking growth, and shining your light. Take care and see you in the next episode of Life Coach BFF Show.